You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Today we're going to be going through the, the last parable in our series, the parable of the shrewd manager. When you hear about this parable every, in the different uh, versions of the Bible, um, some would say it's the parable of the unjust or the dishonest manager. Okay, for our context, it's the shrewd manager. In the onset, let me, let me tell you out front that we're not in any way, like how, like how Jesus told us, not in, 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 in any way condoning what he did, what the manager did. It's wrong. Yes, it's devious. Something that, uh, that we should not follow. It's not a good example. But our focus in, our, in, in this parable is how shrewd he was after. After he did that act. After he got fired. Hey, are we ready? In Luke 16, he also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him. That this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn into the account of your management, for you can no longer be a manager. He was working for a rich man. Rich man who, who's into commodities, trading, trading goods. And he's the manager. He's like the money manager or the fund manager or a, an investment manager. Who t- he takes care of, of this person's money, this rich man's money, and makes sure the, to invest it. To invest it for a return. But then something happened, okay? Um, studying it, it didn't say what he did. It just said that he didn't do his job. Okay, maybe malversation, maybe misdirected the funds. We don't know. Cheated the, the rich man, we don't know. Or did not invest, we don't know. The thing is, he wasn't doing his job. He didn't do his job. That's why he got fired. That's why he got booted out. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to beg and I'm ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. He got scared. He was saying, Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm too skinny to work or I haven't worked manual labor before. Now I'm out of a job. So he, he, he thought of ways... How to maintain his lifestyle. Thought of ways how to get enough money for his future. To secure at least a bit of his future. Verse 5. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Devious. Crafty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. He resorted to what? Discounting. He resorted, he resorted to discounting. But wait, wait, wait. Be reminded that nobody knew then that he was already out of the job. All the while they thought he was still employed by the rich man. That's why he was able to do this. He became, he came up with a shrewd and devious but clever idea. Shrewd, in Tagalog, it's like magulang, tuso, clever. 
Oftentimes when we hear shrewd, it's something, something that connotes, uh, uh, something that's negative. Okay, but it is not. It's being crafty. It's, it's being clever. Clever to a fault sometimes. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are, um, are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. This was a shocking uh, uh, turnaround here. Instead of getting fired, no, he cannot get fired. Why? He's already fired. Maybe he can be put to death. His head on a platter, I don't know. But instead of getting penalized, he was commended. He was commended by the rich man. Shocking. And what Jesus is doing here is giving a positive lesson from a negative example. I was, I was confused. I, I had to turn how many Bibles, how many commentaries, just to make sure that I get it right. Because I don't get it. At, I didn't get it at first. Or I, I don't want to accept it. Why Jesus would do this. But He used something that's negative for positive. Jesus commended him for leveraging his time and opportunity to secure his future. Jesus even went out of his way to explain it, to explain this parable. The clue here is in this sentence where he said, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Two sets of people. Sons of this world. Those who haven't heard the gospel or who have heard the gospel but haven't accepted Jesus Christ. Those who are non-Christians or are not going to church, are following the world. And the other one are the sons of light. That's you and me. Who follow Christ, who accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Who are Christians. You know, this shrewd manager was able to leverage opportunity and was able to leverage time. He knew he was pressed for time. He knew that in a matter of days, people would know that he's out of this job. But he took that opportunity. There he became shrewd. Three or four nights ago, I was actually talking to a, a businessman. And we were, we were exchanging notes. I was a businessman uh, before I became a pastor. And you know what? Oftentimes, um, he, would, he would question me and ask me, Pastor, why is it that sometimes when I hire people from church, not necessarily from our church, but then somebody who goes to church, a Christian, sometimes they tend to be more complacent. More complacent that sometimes they're already lazy. They don't come, in, come on time. They make excuses. They have a victory group. They have a Bible study. They have something in church that they have to attend to. If they can be excused, if they can take an additional day off. And he was, telling me, he was asking me, Pastor, but you know what? Those who are not actually in church, I see more hunger, more more passion, more drive. Why is it that way? I couldn't even answer him. Because he wasn't the first one who asked me that question. And even as I do counseling, as I try to encourage people, sometimes that's true. Why can't we... Sons of light, who are so passionate in with our walk with Jesus Christ, who has multiple victory groups, who helps in different ministry, helps in different cause-oriented groups, 
Do the same in our jobs. Do the same in our school. Be diligent in, 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 in our school. Students, some of the students would even use God's name in vain like this. Oh, when your parents are asking you to wash dishes, to do, this, to do chores, wait, mom, wait, dad, I'm still reading my Bible. Ginamit mo pa si Lord. Wait, mom, wait, wait I cannot wash the dishes. Why? Oh, I, I need to counsel somebody. You're not a counselor. And I feel the tension. I do. And sometimes, I can surmise that, yeah, it's true. But why? My prayer is that, no, we, we have to go ahead of them. We have to go ahead of the pack. More drive, more passion, more energy, more hunger. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. We're being fueled by our faith. The grace of God is in us. Favor of the Lord is in us. Why? Lesson from this manager, even with the limited time he had on earth, he uses his time opportunity to leverage more, to bring out more, to squeeze more. That's where character comes out when you're squeezed, when, 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 when you, you have to persevere more. How do we leverage money? How do we leverage the blessings of God in our lives? Are we complacent? Are we, are, are we just, it's okay, you know, God's favor is in me. I'm in faith. It's okay, I won't move. Why? Because uh, He's faithful. Yes, He's faithful. But are you faithful in the gifts, in the talents that He has given you and I? Are we faithful? I remember the story of my good friend, Liza San Agustin. Um, I forgot how many years ago, but um, they were separated. Jason and Liza for some time. They were separated for more than a decade. And... Um, Jason went to a church with, with his brother in uh, Victory Fort and got to know Jesus Christ. And he surrendered. He met Christ. And almost a year after, Liza was invited to our church here in Victory Green Hills. And she met Christ. And then they reconciled after 10 years of separation. But it didn't stop there. There were times that um, when, they, when they took in, a, 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 when, when they had their daughter... The testing happened. Testing upon testing happened. Jason was a used car salesman. And the economy wasn't good that time. So sometimes there is sales, sometimes there's no sale. Remember, they have a baby girl now. Not just two of them, a baby girl. And Liza wasn't working, or she doesn't know what, what to do, or she's just starting up. She remembered a story about the widow's oil. It was... One of those times, one of the lowest times of her life. That she would, can, can, can you imagine? She had a small girl. Her husband would come home, no sales, no money for food. They would open their cupboard, not even a milk for their daughter. Instead of being crushed, yes, they were kind of crushed. Texted me, called us, asked for prayer. Somebody, I kid you not, somebody would just miraculously knock on their door and bring groceries for them. Didn't stop there. After reading, after reading and then praying about the widow's oil, she remembered, what can I do? What gifts do I have? She started asking herself. And she, she's very good in painting. She started painting, bought some, bought some materials, started painting, started selling the paintings. She was surprised that people would buy her paintings. Some people that, won't, that don't even know her 
post it on, uh, on social media and people would buy. And the next people would come to her and ask her, Liza, can you teach my children how to paint? And she was like, I don't know. The only people I teach is in kids' church. I don't know how. But she still tried. She was faithful with what she had. Faithful for the gift. No, no, no startup money. Sometimes we wait for, okay, Lord, I'm going to be a good businessman. Just give me capital. This amount of money. Do it now. This is my bank account, God. Deposit it. Faster, please. Then it didn't happen. And then you sulk and say, Lord, you're unfair. You told me to have faith in you. I believe in you. Where's the money? Didn't stop her. Started teaching kids how to paint. She doesn't know how to teach. She just taught them the techniques and showed them how. Played with them. Even shared the gospel to children. Those children received Jesus Christ. And they're in different part of, the, uh, of victory right now, attending church services with their families. They didn't stop her. They didn't stop saying, I don't have anything. Lisa found out later on that she's good in marketing. She's actually selling now uh, insurance. She's already, um, actually, she just received recently an award for her sales. Are we good stewards? We're the sons and daughters of light. What set us apart is Jesus Christ. What set us apart is that the Holy Spirit is in us. Sometimes we get stuck. We don't know how to use money. We don't know how to use resources. How we view money determines how we'll use them. How we view what God blesses us with determines where we're going and how we're going to get there and how we spend it and how we treat it and how we live this life that God has given us. Jesus gives us three lenses to view money. First, as a tool, as a test, and as a trap. Tool. Verse 9. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you in the eternal dwellings. I had to look twice. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, is that you? Are you saying to use our money to gain friends? Are you, you, are, are you saying to buy people to be our friends? It's used the money. It's used the resources. It's used the giftings that we have to bring them and inch them closer to God. Bring people into His kingdom. That means the money that we have is not just for us. It's to be used for His kingdom. Bring people inside His kingdom. Not by people. I remember, um, um, if, you're, if you know me, I'm, I, people say that, say that I'm kind of generous. That I'm very generous, okay? Some people would say. And I remember, very early on, when I was, when I was a Christian, uh, very early, around two or three years after I've surrendered my life to Christ, Jason Law asked me a question. When I was about to pay for his meal, he asked me this question. Larry, why do you always treat people? Why do you love to love having people in your house or treating them to lunch or dinner? Why? I almost stopped there, boxed him and said, I'm not going to pay for your meal anymore. We already ate. I already asked for the bill. 
Then he, he asked me that question. But that was a good question. I stopped and thought about it. And I said, Jason, I'll get back to you. I'll let this one pass. I'll pay for your meal, but next time. I thought about it, yes. Why, why, why do I do that? And I remember that I had that insecurity before. Because I don't want to eat alone. I would ask people around me to just go with me. And for them to, to, to be with me, I'll just say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll treat you, so let's go. Because I love having people around. But later on, I thought about it and I said, wait, 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 yeah. Why am I still doing it? And I'm, am I still buying their, 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 their loyalty? Am I buying their, their, their companionship? I didn't have to do that. But now it's different. I would ask people to go with me. And I would use that opportunity to share the gospel. I would use that opportunity to encourage them. I still don't like eating alone, okay? Rarely do I eat alone. So I'm sure I'll I, I, I grab somebody, make sure that that time is not just allotted but f- for food, but to encourage them or to share the gospel to them. I'm using, I'm using those influence. I'm using those time. I'm using my money as a tool. You know, when God gives you a blessing, when God gives you a reward, when God's give, God gives you um, um, skills, there's a limited time frame. There is. Check in um, John, John 15, I said, I, I, I think. When the harvest is ripe to be reaped, there's only an amount of time given. And if you don't reap it, guess what will happen? It will spoil Next time you want to, to, to harvest it, it's not there anymore. Or it's no good anymore. There's a limited time frame. We just celebrated, here in Victory Green Hills, we just celebrated our ninth anniversary. We were, um, this church was planted November 25, 2007. Remember that? Remember this, Chinky? We started with a church with only three full-time staff. We started with a church, 200, 200 250 uh, people, with 100 volunteers, almost mo- most of them from Victory Fort. We didn't have much. We have to set up church two hours prior. We have to be here to set up church. We're doing everything, okay? We didn't have uh, our janitorial services before. It was us. We have to mop the floor, the sticky floor of Music Museum. We have to mop that. We have to go to the restroom and make sure that the restroom of Music Museum now, they're, 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 they're nice. Okay, before, there's no comfort in that comfort room. Nothing, okay? It, it reeks, it smells. And we have to clean that. Clean, clean, clean that place. Sometimes even volunteers would pay for, not just for their own meals, but pay for the meals of others. Using, leveraging what they have. Time, resources, money. For His kingdom. Nobody complained. Nobody complained. Nobody did. We would come in early and then we would be surprised that there will be pandesal. There will be, remember this chinky, right? Cheese whiz and coco uh, jama. And we don't even know who brought those. But then they say, to the volunteers, enjoy. To the pastors, enjoy. Using resources, small resources. Seemingly small. But then it goes a long way for God's kingdom. When it was time to build this church, we never had a hard time raising funds. We didn't have a big uh, fundraising event. 
It was small, sometimes 20 pesos, 1,000 pesos from a seven-year-old kid in kids' church to somebody actually selling their car to give the building fund for our church. There was, there was one, one Sunday that, that Pastor Dennis did, uh, Bless Other Sunday. People got blessed, not just monetarily. Somebody came to Christ because somebody approached, approached her first time in church, gave her an iPad. Shared the gospel to her. Are you here? You knew in church? Started praying for her. She's one of our victory group leaders now. Bless Other Sunday. Just a prayer. Just a small token. Doesn't have to be much. How we view money determines how we'll use them. How do you see money? Is it a tool? Or is it your idol? Is it the tool? Or is, is it something that you, you long for? Money is a tool. Money is a test. Money is a test. Verse 10 to 12. Whoever can be trusted with very little this afternoon and be trusted with much. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? We want true riches. How many of you want true riches? Yung iba? Sige. Kita kayo ni Lord. Again, how many of you, you want true riches? True riches are not in the number of zeros that you have in your bank account. True riches is not the brand of shoes, the brand of watch, the brand of shirt, whether it's class A, class AAA, class B, parang class A. It's not. True riches is in the Lord only. That peace, that joy, that completes you and I. But little here talks precisely about money. What this verse, what Jesus is saying here, if I cannot trust you with the little thing, which is money, I cannot trust you with the bigger things. If I cannot trust you with money, I cannot trust you with true riches. If I cannot trust you with money, I cannot trust you with my kingdom, the Lord says. If I can't trust you with money, I can't trust you with anything. It's a test. It's a test for you and I. Money is from God. But money, money is temporary. You know what is eternal? Jesus is eternal. Money does not give life. Some people, some people would use their life or even wage their life for money. But only Jesus, Jesus is life. The life that we have now is a test. The money, the rewards, the blessing that God is giving us is a test for real, true riches. This life is an internship for the age to come and money is a test. The life that we have now is a test for our eternal life. Are we good managers? Are we shrewd managers? Or are we still conniving managers trying to trample on other people just to get ahead? Shrewd means doing whatever you can this time on my own, but not trampling on others. Malachi 3.10 Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heavens, say heavens and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. It's a test. And he gives. He is faithful. Sometimes, um, I'm not saying also that to live like a pauper. If you, if you feel like, okay, uh, pastor, okay lang ako dito, I'm content here, why? Because um, 
I want to sacrifice so that I can feel more Jesus. You're worshiping a small God. Our God is a big God. Our God wants you and I to enjoy life. Enjoy life with Him. If you think like, okay, I need to sacrifice to, for people to see true worship, you're stuck to religiosity. If you really have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, you know that He wants the best for you and for me. The best. He's not, he's not a God who limits you. He's a big God. How we view money determines how we'll use them. Lastly, money as a trap. Money is a trap. Verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. If you look at this verse, it personifies money. Why? Because sometimes we tend to do that. Sometimes we put money side by side with God. Sometimes we, we lose focus on God and put money in front of us. Sometimes possessions. Sometimes a relationship. Sometimes our work. Just to get ahead, you'll cut corners. Just to get ahead, you're compromised. Why? Uh, it's okay. Uh, it doesn't hurt anyone. It's the government. They don't actually give us proper things for tax, uh, in view of taxes anyway. It's okay. You make compromises. Some employers won't give proper wages to people, but then would always make sure that they start the day with prayer and victory group and discipleship inside the office. Who's, who's the God you're following? Who's the God that you're serving? What do they see when they see you? When you say that you're a Christian, we are, remember, ambassadors of Christ. We are the salt and light. What do they see? How do they see The way to serve God rather than money is to put one's resources to the service of others and the work of the kingdom. To inch people to the kingdom. To bring people to God. Don't be loose in that trap. That is just for me, just for my, my family, just for us. It is to be used for His kingdom. For some wealth fails in this life. For all, wealth fails at the end of this life. All of us would die. All of us would meet our Creator. All of us would go, once we go to heaven, we cannot take anything with us. You, we cannot earn our way to salvation. We cannot buy our way into heaven. Whatever you gained here, you'll leave it here. Whatever possessions, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever you have, whether that bag, that cost, no. Even though it, it, it's put inside your casket, you can't take it to heaven. I'm sorry. In Romans 6.23, it says here, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. True riches is knowing who Jesus is. True riches is reliving the communion every day of our lives. True riches is knowing that apart from Christ, we're nothing. True riches is knowing that after our salvation... After we got saved, everything else is a bonus. Everything else is just but a bonus. One thing that really comforts me, and one thing that I always share, especially to my two, two sons, is that, yes, we, anything that we've gained now, we can't take it to heaven. But then, I was, always, I was always reminded, you know what? Once you get to heaven, you might have lost all the material things, the worldly things, but you gain everything. We gain everything in Christ. He paved the way for you for 
all of us to join our Creator in heaven. In Luke 12, it says here, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Father, thank you for always reminding us. Thank you for showing us who and what to trust. Thank you that even though our hearts are not always aligned to what is yours, you always try to put us back and realign and refocus on you. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you change our hearts. Lord, I pray, Lord, if our focus is on material things, if our focus is what is temporal, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you break it right now in the name of Jesus. Make us, make us see eternity. Make us see that whatever we do now is something that is for your glory. Make us, make us live, Lord God, for eternity, and not just for now. Father, I even pray right now, Lord God, Lord, that you continue to establish the work of our hands. But in doing so, change our perspective, change our hearts, make it new. Lord, even pray, Lord, that you give us divine opportunities. Lord, like, like, like what happened to that shrewd manager, Lord God. If it has to happen now with the shift, make it shift. Thank you, Lord, that your grace changes everything. That indeed, Lord God, your mercy is new every morning, Lord. So we hang on to you, our faithful God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcast.